Okay, today's daf is daf Nun Gimel, 53. We pick up at the very last line of Nun Medam Bet, Nafalifanov. And our learning should be in the Zuchus of all of the Chayalim and Chayalot and all the uh, innocents that are in harm's way. And uh, we should just have a speedy end to the war when safety and security return to the land and the return of all of the hostages. All right, so now Nafalifanov. So the Mishnah said that um, if the uh, somebody is digging in the pit and um, it startled the animal and the animal fell forward enough in, in, into the pit, fell forward, then the uh, owner of the pit is liable. And if it fell backwards, the owner of the pit is exempt. So what exactly does this mean, fell backwards? We know what fell forwards into the pit means. What does falling backwards mean? So let's take a look. Amarav says Rav, of of Mamish, Achrav, Achrav, Mamish, So Rav says it means literally fell face first first into the wet into the pit or fell you know backwards into the pit it's uh, mouth and its face facing upwards and it's falling into the pit if it weren't falling into the pit we wouldn't have a discussion whether the owner of the pit is liable or not so then why is the owner exempt if the ox was facing backwards and got startled and fell into the pit that would certainly seem to be you know a perfect example of the pit causing the damage so the Gemara says, Rav Letaimei, Rav is going to go into his reasoning, the, the discussion we had a few days ago, Da'ama Rav, Bor Shechiva Lav Torah, Havala Velo Lechavato. The pit that the Torah obligates you for is because of the Hevel, the air you know, in the pit, and not because of the impact with the ground. So obviously that's very difficult to understand, you know, as was discussed in the earlier Gemara, obviously it is the impact of the ground that breaks its bones and so on, but presumably this is reflecting the idea that, well, the ground is karka olam. I didn't create the ground, so I'm not responsible for that. I only created the cavity, the well, you know, the well, what's not ground. So you could sort of say I created the air there and the air quality in it. So that's mine. The, the ground was always the ground. So, um, and therefore, you know, presume the, the, it needs to have some sense of the thing I created, the Hevel, it has to be seen as a contributing factor, and then you can make me liable for everything that happens, even for the impact. That's probably the best way to understand Rav, okay? But you need to be able to make a claim that the Hevel did something. And therefore, if the animal is falling face up, the sense is, is that it is breathing the air outside of the well, and it is not the Hevel that's impacting the animal. All right, it's an interesting claim. You could say even if it's face up, it's getting some of the Hevel in the well. But that's how he explains the Mishnah. Okay, and therefore, if it falls backwards, you're exempt. The Shmuel, Amar and Shmuel says, If it fell into the well, it doesn't matter face first or, you know, backwards. You're going to be Chayev. Shmuel says, yes, the Torah obligated you for creating the hevel of the boar, but it certainly, if somehow there was a case that was filled with pillows and, you know, it died only because of asphyxiation, you'd be chayev. But it, it certainly is it obligated you for the impact against the ground. You know, that you are considered to have created that the ground was there always, but it wasn't a hole before. So the opportunity for it to impact the ground and it's your well, which includes the wall or pit, which includes the walls of the pit. So therefore, even if it falls backwards and there's no hevel that injured it, you're still going to be chayev. 
Okay, so then how do you explain the Mishnah? What's the case of the Mishnah when it falls backwards due to the sound of digging that the owner of the pit is exempt? It tripped over the, the, the well, the edge, you know, made it stumble, but then it actually fell outside of the well. So lefanov means it fell into the well, and achrav means it fell it outside of the well, behind the well, not into the well. And therefore, it is going to be exempt. You might say, why should it be exempt? I mean, the boar was a hazard, and even though it hit the ground outside of the boar, you know, let it be like the Gemara's case of Avno Sakinu Maso. You put a stone in the middle of Rishos Arabim, somebody trips over it and hits their face on the ground. That's okay, you're going to be chayiv, especially Shmuel that doesn't need Hevel. So the answer is that if the animal had just tripped on the egg and fell outside, yes, you would be chayv. That would be a boar like Avnu Sakinu Maso. It was the hazard, you know, even though the ground was the ground of Rishos Harabin. But here the tripping was caused because of the guy digging in the well. So therefore, the guy digging in the well is what startled it. He is considered the one to do the tripping. And therefore, unless you can have the owner of the boar to be the one who did the damage, the owner of the boar will be exempt. Okay, so again, according to Rav, the owner of the boar is exempt if he falls face up because you need the hevel to contribute to the injury that was being um, done. And according to Shmuel, the, you know, the impact on the, of the boar is always going to be, uh, obligate the person. So it doesn't matter, face down, face up, always obligated. But if he tripped on the boar and fell outside of it, in that case, the, cause the tripping was seen to be caused by the digger, the person who made the boar is fully exempt. Okay, so let's see what the Gemara says. Israel, ask you on this. Um, uh, Bibor, we have a brighter that says, if you fell into the pit, whether face first or whether backwards, uh, you're going to be obligated. That's explicitly against Rav. It's a contradiction to Rav. Now, the case of that brighter is talking about it was a well in your, your property that you de- dug in your property. You know, and the Gemara sort of speaks about you were mafkir the property around it. So the person, you know, had a right to be using it, but you actually owned the bore itself. And in that case, it's not karka olam. In that case, you are chayav for the actual impact. All right? So if you own the boar, and again, the person has the right to be traveling in the Rosh Hashanah, but your boar that you own is right there in the middle. So the chayav, in that case, you're chayav. If it died because of the hevel, the air and the boar, then you created that air. And if it died because of the impact, it's your impact. The only reason Rav exempted for the impact was because it was the property of Rosh Hashanah. But if it's the, your property, then you're going to be chayav. Okay, so that was the case in the bright dog. All right, special case of a boar birshusa. Rabbi Amar Hachad Ma'eskina B'mitapech. Tinafal al-Apei V'itapech V'nafal al-Gabei. Okay, we're talking about a case where in the end it did fall backwards, back first, the back hit the ground of the pit, but it first fell face first and, and you know, it, 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 it inhaled all of that hevel and then it flipped around and the back hit the bottom of the pit. 
right? And that's the case. It fell out, it fell on its face, and then it, it, it flipped over, and then it actually hit the, the back of it, hit the bottom of the pit. That the hevel that got into its face at the initial fall, that contributed, and therefore that you're going to be chayav for everything. Again, neither of this sounded at all like the case of the Breitah. The Breitah seemed to be trying to tell you it doesn't matter face first or not face first, and we have now explained that either it's a special case of you own the pit, or it, it does matter face first or not face first, but it was a case of having turned over. Rav Yosef Amar, Rav Yosef said you misunderstood this Breitah. We're not talking about the owner of the pit being liable for the damage to the ox, we're talking about the owner of the ox being liable for damage caused to the well water at the bottom. It's not just a pit, it's a well. Okay? So, hacha beniski bor b'shoraskinan. The ox fell in and spoiled the water. So, it doesn't matter whether it was face up or face down. Your ox walked into my property. It has to be that it walked into my property. It's like a, you know, Shane and Regal, so it has to be Richard and Isaac. Your ox walked into my property without permission, fell into my well, destroyed the water. You're going to be Chayef. Again, does not seem like that from the Breitah. Why would the Breitah have to say it doesn't matter face first or not if that's the scenario? Like that obviously should not even be anything that I would think would be relevant to the conversation. But okay, we have a Breitah that seems to go against Rav and he has three ways of explaining it. Um, now we're going to try to support Rav. So Rabbi Hanina taught to support Rav. Uh, it's a drusha, apparently a Tanaitic source, a drusha on the Pasuk. An ox or a donkey falls into it. And the drusha is, it has to fall like things naturally fall, fall face first. Okay, Amru. And based on this, they said, that if it fell face first because of the sound of the um, digging, you're obligated. And if it fell backwards, you are exempt. So because it says, you know, I, that it has to fall the normal way of falling, it sounds like we're talking, okay, and then it says explicitly, spells it out, and it, we're talking, the right explicitly says, and we're talking about that it fell into the well. And nevertheless, you're going to be exempt if it didn't fall the natural way and if it fell backwards. Okay, so we, that's the debate. Umar now we're going to look at, um, uh, you know, now we have one or two ways of explaining the Mishnah, um, but now we're going to look at the whole issue about the fact that it is the digger that caused the animal to stumble. And how is that relevant? And how, you know, should that be relevant? Should that maybe get the owner of the well or, uh, um, off the hook? So, if the animal fell forwards, everybody agrees you're chayev, right? Into the well. So the digger startled the animal, but at the end of the day, the digger was the hazard. But at the end of the day, the well was the thing that did the damage. Vamai, says the Gemara, but why is that? Name a korigarimle. Why can't the owner of the you know, well say, of the boar say, the digger was the one that caused it to stumble? And this points to the fact that, you know, a boar has two factors to it. It both is a stumbling block, you know, putting the stone in the Rashid Rabin, it's a stumbling block, it causes the tripping to happen, and then it actually is the thing that does the damage, has the impact, creates the damage. What happens if you separate it? 
So in this case, the digger caused the stumbling and the well caused the damage. Does the well, the bore, the pit have to actually cause the stumbling in order for the owner to be liable? So let's take a look. Um, uh, um, okay. Uh, my name of Cora Garmley. Say it was the digger that caused the stumbling, and that should get me off the hook. I'm Rav Shin Barashi. How many Rebbe Nosson he? This is Rebbe Nosson, the Amr who says, um, uh, the Amr, Balabor has Zeke Ka'avid. First point of Rebbe Nosson is the, Balab, the owner of the well of the, or of the, of the pit does the damage, meaning even if it didn't cause the stumbling, since it actually did the impact and did the act of damage, that's enough to be liable, even if something else caused the stam- stumbling. Plus, the and if you can't collect from the guy who made it fall, the, who caused the stumbling, then you can collect full from the owner of the pit. So number one, you don't, the owner of the pit does not need to cause the stumbling to be liable. And, who, and number two, if the person who caused the stumbling can't be made to collect, you can collect fully from the owner of the pit. Because maybe you should have said they should have split it. And maybe the guy who was doing the digging, you know, should have to pay half uh, because he also caused the stumbling. And since you can't collect because that was only a grumma, it's not like he put a rock in Rosh Hashanah, you know, do, causing the amb- startling the animal through the sound of your digging is a grumma and you're exempt. So maybe you should only be able to collect, you, you know, half from the owner of the pit. No, Rabbi Nelson says two things. Number one is, it's enough that the pit did the damage, and if you can't divide the payment between the owner of the pit and the one who caused the stumbling, because here that person is a grandma, you can make your full collection from the owner of the pit. Okay? Um, um, okay, Mishal the Titania. Now we're going to see where this Rabbi Nelson comes from. An ox pushed, you know, a fellow ox into the, into the pit. Balashur Chayev, Balabor Pater. So the Tanakhama says it's all the owner of the ox. The owner of, or the, uh, the owner of the ox has to pay full. That's the case of Karen. Let's say it was intentionally Kavana Lahazik, has to pay, and not the owner of the well. So why the owner of the ox has to pay? Fine, it's Karen. Why not the owner of the well? So or of the pit, of the boar? Because presumably for the rabbis, if the boar does not create the stumbling, then you're exempt. The boar has to actually do the act of stumbling. So, in the case of our Mishnah, if the sound of the digging caused the ox to fall face forward into the pit, according to the Chachamim, the owner of the pit would be fully exempt because he didn't cause this, his pit didn't cause the stumbling. And the guy, and the guy who was doing the digging would be exempt because that was a grama, so you would be totally unable to collect. That's what the rabbis say. You focus on the one that caused the stumbling. So in this case, it would be the owner of the ox. If the ox did it, you pay full. If the digger did it, it would be grandma and there would be no payment. But it all goes to the one who caused the stumbling. That is the Chachamim. Rabbi Nosson Omen, Rabbi Nosson says, that they split it, that you can be liable for your boar even if it just did the damage and it didn't cause the stumbling. So, but the owner of the ox is also, you know, that was Karen. So we're going to split it. Each one pays half. Okay, so if we just pause here, the debate is when the Torah made you liable for a boar, is it 
does the bore have to create the stumbling for you to be liable, or is it enough that it creates the damage? The Chachamim say it has to create the stumbling, so if something else caused it, an ox pushed it in, the sound of the jackhammer caused it to be startled, then the owner of the bore is off the hook, and you have to try to collect from the one that caused the stumbling. Rabbi Nelson says they're both liable. The bore is enough to create the damage, so they're both liable. If it's an ox and a well, split it 50-50. If it's a... Uh, if it's the jackhammer and the well, and the well, then the owner of the well pays full. Okay, so now the, now we're going to clarify that second point. That if you can't collect from the jackhammer guy, you can collect fully from the owner of the boar. Let's see how we know that. So far, Rabbi Nossin has only said you split it. Um, so the Gemara says, But wait a minute. We've got one b'risa that Rabbi Nassim says split 50-50. We have another b'risa that Rabbi Nassim says that the owner, the ox, owner of the ox pays a quarter and the owner of the boar pays three quarters. How does that make sense? So the Gemara says, The difference of tam and muad because we're dealing with keret. So if it's a case of muad, you know, the owner of the ox has full liability, the owner of the well has full liability, they split it 50-50. If it's Tom and Muad, let's take a look at how, if it's a Tom did the goring, or the pushing, let's see how that plays out. So the says, Ubatam my kasavar. Now let's not see what he, maybe nothing holds in the case of a Tom. Ikasavar, hai kula hezeka avid, vahai kula hezeka avid, hai mishalim palga, vahai mishalim palga. So how do we conceptualize when they were partners in crime, when it was the ox and the well that did it? We can either say each one has 100% liability. So, you know, the owner of the ox is liable full, the owner of the well is liable full. Obviously, the guy's not going to get double for his damaged, you know, cow. So uh, they split the payment, but fundamentally, they start with 100% liability. If that's true, says the Gemara, then in the case of a Tom, the owner of the ox has full liability, the full cost of, we'll call it a cow, but because it's a Tom, pays half. Fine. 50%, he pays 50%, and the owner of the of, of the board pays 50%. How do you get down to a quarter if you start conceptually with full liability? Um, so the Gemara says, If you start conceptually, not like it's 100 and 100, but 50-50, so that's the case. So the owner, the owner of the pit pays half because he did half the damage. Um, and the owner of the ox should pay a quarter. He did half the damage, and he's, it's a tom, so half of a half is a quarter. And the other quarter, the uh, owner of the cow would be just lose. Okay, so if you really think each one did 50%, the Gemara's right, then it stands to reason that it's 50% and a quarter, and a quarter doesn't get paid for, because that was what the ox did, and the ox pays only half. Um, but if it's 100 and 100%, you can understand how in the end the division is going to be three quarters and a quarter, which is what the Gemara is going to say. Amar Rava, says Rava, Rabbi Nosson Dayan, was a Dayan, and he got to the very depth of the matter of this law. He held that each one is considered to have done 100%. 
And you said, oh, okay. So the owner of the ox did 100% and he pays 50% of that because it's a tab. He pays 50%. And the owner of the, of, of the boar pays his half and pays 50%. So the man says no. Because the um, you know the owner of the ox says to the owner of the of the boar, shoot futai mayahanili. That what good did this partnership do for me? If I my ox had done it all, I would pay fifty percent because it's a tom. Now that my ox did it all and your well did it all, why should I still be paying fifty percent? You're also in the equation, so we should be splitting my 50%, all right? Which actually, you know, makes sense, right? Because if you think about it, um, you know, each one did 100%. So that would mean that had they been alone, the owner of the well would have paid $100. Let's say the, the, the cow is worth 100 And had the owner of the, and had the ox done it alone, the owner of the ox would have paid $50. Now they you they're both here into the parsha, and you're not going to pay you know the uh, what do you call it? You're not going to pay the um, the owner of the cow one hundred and fifty dollars. So how are you going to divide it up? Well, this guy would have had a hundred liability on his own. This guy would have had a fifty liability on his own. So you know one hundred and fifty, and you divide it whatever, and seventy five and twenty five. You make sense why you know that the fifty is, gets divided in half. That that's a fair allocation since this person has would have had a hundred liability by himself, and this would have only had 50 liability by himself. Okay, so that makes a lot of sense. Um, and now let's talk about that in terms of the case about the jackhammer, okay? If you think that everybody is high of 100%, so the owner of the well is 100%, the jackhammer is 100%, since the jackhammer guy can't be paying at all, you go and you make your full collection from the person, you know, from the owner of the well, all right? Each one has full liability, and you collect from the party you're able to collect from. And if you're able to collect from both parties, then you do a fair allocation, and that gets you to your 75 and 25. Um, okay. Ibai Sema, now the Gemara has another answer, which is a little harder to understand. If you want, you can say the following. Each one did half. And you said, one minute. Then if they each did half of it, the owner of the boar should pay $50. The owner of the ox, he did $50 of damage. He should pay half. That's $25. And then the guy should be out 25 How does that get thrown on the owner of the boar? So the Gemara says, Because the owner of the ox is the owner of the, of the, of the pit. Excuse me, the owner of like the cow, I'm just calling it a cow, that got damaged, said to the owner of the pit, I found my cow at the bottom of your pit. Um, um, you killed it. What I can collect from the other guy, from the owner of the ox, I'll collect. But my But if I, anything I can't collect from him, I'm going to collect from you. So what does that mean? I mean, what it really sounds like it means, and Tosos basically says this, is it really sounds like, I mean, it doesn't mean 50% and 50%. It sounds like it means the owner of the pit did 100% and the ox is seen as doing 50%. Okay, the, since the damage, the, the cow is at the bottom of the pit and the impact was done by the pit, even though it was pushed in by the ox, all right, you can, there, the, according to Rabbi Naslan, you start with like full liability in terms of the owner of the, of the boar, 
Um, the, but you can deduct the liability that you can collect from the ox. So the ox did 50%, you know, and half of that because it's a Tom 25, but the 100% liability, what you can't call that one, whatever else you can't collect, you're going to collect from the owner of the well. And that's, so, Rebbe, so one more time, the rabbis say that the owner of the well is off the hook when it did not cause the stumbling. Um, and therefore, the, and therefore, in the jackhammer, nobody pays. In the case of the ox, the ox pays full. You could also see from them the opposite of what we just said for Rebbe Nassan, which is they might think, you know, the ox used the, the, the pit to kill this other cat, to kill this cow. So therefore, it's all on the ox. It's all on the one who causes the initial stumbling. Everything else that happens is a consequence of that. Rebbe Nassan says, no, you split it when it's an ox in a well, and you can conceptualize that, says the Gemara, either as each one has 100% liability. So if there's somebody you can collect from, like the jackhammer guy or the ta, you know, whatever, you would go and collect from the owner of the well. Or what it sounds like at the end, the owner of the well has 100%, and the ox or the jackhammer guy has whatever has 50%. But at the end of the day, anything you can't collect from other parties, you can collect from the owner of the boar. Okay, so that's how our Mishnah makes sense, that even though the jackhammer guy is off the hook, you can collect from the owner of the boar. Amar Rava, says Rava, five lines from the bottom. So if you went ahead and put a rock at the edge of, so instead of the jackhammer and instead of a cow, right, we're now going to have a rock in front of the boar that causes the animal to stumble and fall into the boar. And again, a normal animal wouldn't have done it, a pikeach would have seen it, but because of the rock, that was the cause of the animal falling into the boar. Um, That's the debate of Rabbi Nassim and the rabbis. The rabbis would say the owner of the, of the rock pays the full amount. That was the stumbling, so that's a type of a boar on its own part. Avnus Lakina Maso. And um, and Rabbi Nelson would say that they split it between the two. All right. So the Gemara says, Pshita, that's obvious. Isn't that just like, isn't the, the rock just like the cow? The, the ox that pushes the cow in? No. Maldutema, I might have thought, that in the case of the ox, you know, the owner of, that's where, where, um, again, Pshita, isn't this obvious? No. That in the case of the ox and the boar, the owner of the, of the, of the, of the pit can say to the owner of the ox, even had it not been for my, for my pit, your ox would have killed, your ox was goring and pushing and so on. So therefore, that's why for the Rabbanon, you have, he has full liability. And for Rabbi Nassan, you know, half liability because the ox could have done it without the well. But in this case, we could think that no, that the owner of the stone could say to the owner of the well, had it not been for your well, my stone wouldn't have done anything. Even if the, the, the animal had tripped on my stone, if it had tripped and there was no, no, no boar, it would have fallen and gotten back up. 
So in this type of a case, I, the, own, uh, the owner of the, of the stone, should be totally exempt, okay? So, and you should, uh, you, you know, you should pay full for Rebbe Nassim and for the Rabbanim, maybe we're both exempt. But, you know, my stone did nothing by itself. Kamash Malan, Adam Relay, so it teaches us that in this case, no, it does apply the same debate, because Elav Evan, Evan, Lo Evan, had it not been for the stone, it would not have fallen into the, into the well. So yes, we sort of both needed to do it together, but you know, but uh, damage was only caused in the end because of your stone as well. So for Rabbi Nason, that's why even in this case they would split it, and for the rabbis, that's why in this case actually it would seem that the owner of the stone has full liability. That even though it actually damaged itself in the well, it's no different than the case of the ox. And even though nothing would have happened without the well, at the end of the day, the stone caused the stumbling. Okay, so it actually does make sense that we had to tell me that even in this case we put half or 100% of the responsibility in the owner of the stone, even though the well was much more central um, in this case for the damage to have occurred. Okay, Itmar, it was taught. Top of Nun Gimel Amagbet. If you have an, two ox, oxen, an ox and an ox of, of um, you know, something sanctified that became invalid. Um, and if you take a look in the parentheses, my new shor b'chor de lo So, you know, there's this commentary, which is clearly is, is a gloss, and it was put in by, you know, was a, it was from Rav Haigon in the Hilchos Kedolos. It says, what we mean here is an, uh, uh, a firstborn ox that was not redeemed, that had a blemish and was not redeemed. Why is that? Because the Gemara is going to make it clear that this shor p'sulehem is exempt from payment. And if it were a case of an animal that had been sanctified and redeemed and got a blemish and redeemed, which is what psulei mukdashim normally means, well, then that animal is considered for most purposes to be like chulin. You know, there's some restrictions how you can use it, um, and there were, and it would there would be no exemption if it would go ahead and do damage. And from the case that we're about to read, it's clear that this short psulei mukdashim is a case where there is exemptions, and the owner of the of that ox does not have to pay. So it would be a case of an animal that had a blemish that was not redeemed, okay? Um, and even if it was a bechor and it didn't, didn't have to be redeemed and could be eaten outside of the base of Mikdash without being brought as a korban, nevertheless, that the fact that it was not redeemed and it had sanctity would be enough to be, it would not be sure re'ehu, your friend's ox, and the owner would be exempt. All right? So anyway, we have an ox and an ox of invalid sacrifices, invalid, you know, sanctified thing that had a blemish, that the owner is exempt from payment, the owner of that ox, and they jointly gored. So, you pay the owner of the ox that has to pay, the normal ox pays half. Ravina Amar Mishalim Ravinezek pays a quarter. So now, how do we explain it? It'll, so there's a couple of ways to explain what this debate is about. Maybe it's a debate, maybe it's based on the circumstances. So one way to explain it is we're talking about a Tom and we're debating the rabbis and Rebbe Nason. How does this play out? Okay, because for, if it's a Tom, so if the rabbis, the assumption here would be each one, they never introduced this principle of 100% and 100%, okay? So, um, so e- we would presume that we take an idea that each one did 50%. So the owner of the normal ox pays half of his 50% a quarter, 
and the guy is out the rest. Whereas, according to Rabbi Nelson, each one is seen as doing 100%. And since you can't collect anything from the owner of the ox, of the sanctified ox, so you collect the full amount, or the 50% of the full amount, because it's a tom, from the owner of the normal ox. Okay? So for the rabbis, it's 50-50, and for Rabbi Nelson, it's 100-100. And that would mean in a tom, in one scenario, you get 50, in one scenario, you get 25. You know, according to Rabbi Nelson, you get 50, and according to the rabbis, 25. That's one explanation. Um, if you want, you could say, Okay, they're both going like the rabbis, that it's 50 50. And it depends if, you know, when the uh, Baye said you, that, the guy, that the owner of the, ox, of the normal ox pays 50, that's because it was a muad. So, therefore, yes, it's a 50 50 division. The owner of the normal ox did 50% of the damage. It's a muad, so you pay 50. And, and the uh, Ravina says it's like the rabbi, so it's a 50 50 division. The owner of the ox has to pay for his half, but because it's a tom, pays a quarter. Okay. Igadami, others say, Abaya Merchatsi Nezek, Ravia Merkuli Nezek. Abai says half, but now Ravina, rather than saying a quarter, says full. So one explanation is we're dealing with a muad, and it's debate of Rabbi Nasan and the Rabbanan. Rabbanan is, you know, 50-50 division, 50% each, so it's a muad. So the owner of the normal ox pays 50, the other half you're out. Rabbi Nasan, it's 100-100, the owner of the... So therefore, since you can't collect anything from the owner of the sanctified ox... You're left with the owner of the normal ox is left holding the bag. Each one did 100%. So the owner of the normal ox pays 100. Okay. Ebay uh, same. And if you want, you could say, They're both going like Rebbe Nasan, 100, 100. It depends on a muad over tam. If it's a muad, then because we can't collect from the sanctified ox, the owner of the normal ox has 100% liability, pays full. And if it's a tom, the owner of the normal ox has 100% liability and pays half. Okay, I'm a rub. That was very interesting. But again, it emphasized that it's not just a boar idea of Rebbe Nassan. Part of the debate of the Rabban and Rebbe Nassan was, does the boar focus on the hazard or the damage? But the other part of this issue is, do you view it as 100-100 or as 50-50? Um, I'm a Rava, says Rava. Sure, Vadim Shadach for the boar. Now we're going to have, you know, this is sort of similar to some of Rava's other scenarios. Like, this reminds us of some of, like, Rava's scenarios at the end of the second parak. But okay, let's take a look. So, if an ox, if an ox and a person push some, you know, animal or a human being, we'll see, into a well. And by the way, Tosu says that the human is doing it unintentionally, because if the human is doing it intentionally, then, you know, that's sort of, he's seen as sort of the dominant force and everything is sort of, like, is being used by the human being. But we're talking about a case, let's say, according to Tosos, that the human did it unintentionally. And they pushed, um, and they put something into a well. Lini Nizikin, Kulan V'chayavim. So if it was, let's say, an ox that got damaged or, you know, a human being that got injury and paying for the nezek, the injury part of what happened, then they would all three of them divide it because all three of them, you know, are, this is probably following Rebbe Nassan where you don't need, where, because for the rabbis, the well would be off the hook, the owner of the well, because it didn't cause the hazard. But for Rebbe Nassan, all three did it and therefore it's divided amongst all three of them. And that's why it also says the human has to be shalom b'kavon. If it was the human intentionally, he says, what, if I take your talus and throw it into somebody's fire, that person is chayef for eish? I'm using his fire. So I would be using this guy's well. So it has to be 
the human did it unintentionally. Fine. Anyway, and this is Rebbe Nassan, so we divide it equally between the three of them. Kulam Chayavin. Lean Arbetzvarim. If it was a human that fell into the well and it got, and we're talking about, you know, injured, and we're talking about the other payments, Sar, Ripoy, Sheves, Boshet. So in that case, Vidmeid Vlados, or a woman who, God forbid, miscarried, um, and, you know, and if that's done by a per- human, then you pay for the, you know, you pay for the, uh, for, for, for the, for, uh, a monetary amount is assigned for the, for, you know, for the fetus. So, Adam Chayev, Ashur Bor Pater, that's only a liability that the Torah assigns. The Shevet Ripoy Boshes or the Dmei Vlados is only assigns for when a human causes damages. So since it's Rebbe Nosson and each one did 100%, so since you, the, the, the ox and the, and the boar don't pay anything, the human pays full. Um, okay, now, let's say a person fell in and got killed. Or a slave fell in and got killed. Okay, so sure chayev adam So the Torah only assigns kofer for an ox. It doesn't assign or the shloshim of an evid for if an ox scores a slave, it never assigns it for a human being who causes a death, and it never assigns it for a well. So again, since they're all a hundred percent, you collect full from the ox. Inim kalim. Let's say some vessels broke. Um, or it was an ox that was psule uh, muktashim, which uh, we'll talk about in a minute. Let's first focus on the vessels. Okay, so the, uh, if the human and the ox are liable, right? Because if you cause damage to a cow, even if it's a sanctified cow, whatever, well, we'll see in a minute what cow we're talking about, but also especially if you cause damage to vessels. So if a human causes damage or an ox, you pay. But there's an exemption that you don't pay for vessels that break in the pit, only for the animals, not for the vessels. So therefore, the owner of the pit is butter, and the ox and the human split it equally. Now, what is this shor psule hamukdashim that the owner, that, you know, is the owner of the, that, that the, that the boar, the owner of the boar is exempt from? So let's take a look. So the Gemara says like this. Um, okay. My taima, why by the short psule, I mean, Kalim the Gemara knows, but why is there an exemption of the owner of the pit for this, this ox of, some, of a sanctified animal? So Amakra, the verse says, because it says by the pit, you know, you pay for the damage and, you know, and, um, and you have to take, you know, and, and the dead body is yours. So it means, question doesn't mean who's yours, the owner of the pit or the original owner. But, says the Gemara, it, indi- it indicates that the dead body can be used. And if the animal was sanctified, even if it was redeemed, or there's a whole question, Tosos and Rashi, I'm not going to get into it, actually, they say, here we're talking that it might not have been redeemed, but without getting into the details, okay, under some circumstances here, a sanctified animal cannot be, you know, um, uh, used once it's dead. Um, it can't be redeemed. You can't redeem something sanctified once the animal is dead, that now you're just going to use it as like nevela meat. All right, so let's just assume that without getting into the kudshim details of that. Okay, so that's why there's an exemption from the well, because it's a dead animal and it's not hames shalom. There's no way you can use a dead animal of psule muktashim. So it says the Gemara, okay, lemeimer de pshita le rava, 
That means that it's obvious to Rava that there's this exemption of psulei miktashim by a by a boar. Fami by a by Rava. Rava asks this question. By Rava, Rava asked, "Short psulei miktashim shenafal a boar mahu." If an animal of you know that was sanctified that now has a blemish falls into a boar, what's the halacha? Haiva mesia lo. When it says hamesia lo in the Torah by the by the case of the boar, bimisha mesia lo yatzazeshena mesia lo is when the dead body has some use as opposed to when it was a sanctified animal, the dead body has no use, and therefore you're exempt. Or do we say, It's coming to tell us that whole sugya we had earlier, that it is the original owner that still owns the dead body, and that the owner of the board just pays for the difference. So, so you know, how come now Ravitz taking it for granted in this nice little layout about the ox and the well and the person, that there is this exemption? So the Gemara says, Basr to buy a harapashte. Yeah, he had that question, and then in the end, he decided, you know what? That is how he's coming out. That there is an exemption for psulei muktashim when it falls into a boar. So the Gemara says, if that's true, So then, where do you get this idea that it, it is the original owner who has to deal with the carcass? Because ah, it says in another place. It says that when an ox scores an ox. So there also it says you get the dead body. So there it's teaching you a principle of that the owner gets the carcass and the person did the damage pays the difference. So now the Gemara asks the obvious question. Um, uh, so the Gemara says What makes you say that the it's the exact same words. By the ox tells you this principle about the owner keeps the carcass, and by the well tells you a principle that there's a total exemption in the case of a boar by psulei muktashim. Maybe I can reverse it. I says no. Mistavra turgabe boar. You know, one of them has to mean this exemption of psulei muktashim, and it makes sense to assign that to the case of the boar, because the boar has other things you're exempt from. You're exempt from kalim, you're exempt from if a person dies. You know, you could also be, so you're also going to be exempt from psulei muktashim. So the Gemara says, Ad Rabba, Ptur Gabe Shorsh, King Patrubo No, let's exempt the ox, because an ox only pays half damages. So that's, you know, leniency, so let's apply this leniency. So the Gemara says, no. Kule Mia, Tules Nezek Mielo Ashkan. We've never found when an ox scores that it totally is exempt by a certain category of objects. But we do find by a boar that it's exempt by a category of objects, kalim. So we're also going to say this exemption of psulei muktashim. Okay, and that allows us to have these fun illustrations of a person, an ox, and a well. And when you can't collect from one, you collect from the other, which goes like Rebbe Nassan. Everybody is 100%. And if you can't divide it up, you go to those who you can collect from.